Hebrews chapter 12, and tonight, let's be reading in verse number 14. Would you follow along with me as I read? Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 14. The Word of God will write, Follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Let's pray. My Father, I need you tonight. We need to hear from heaven tonight. Lord, I don't just want to stand up here behind this, your pulpit, and I don't just want to speak. For that, Lord, will do nothing apart from the power of your word. So, Lord, I ask tonight that you would empty me and hide me behind the cross of Jesus. Father, would you show up? I need your power tonight. I need your your clarity tonight. And Lord, I pray that I would not get in the way of your working. I pray, Lord, that you would cleanse me for your working. Lord, I pray for those tonight that still need to deal with sin. I, I ask, Lord, tonight that you would show yourself strong and that we would come to Jesus. Father, I pray for those that don't know you as a personal Savior, that tonight they would see that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and he's the only way to an abundant life worth living. And Lord, I pray that you tonight would do the work. I can't, no matter how I look at it. Lord, would you open up the words of Scripture tonight? I claim its power. I thank you for what it's going to do tonight in my life and in the lives of the people here. Lord, I pray most of all that these dear people, when they leave tonight, may they not remember this preacher, but may they remember the God that I serve. And I ask this the only way I know how in the precious name and blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Bitterness is a plague among among our churches today. Bitterness is something that is destroying families today. And and it has been. And it's not going to stop. And when you open Hebrews chapter 12, he deals with the subject of bitterness. And I realize tonight that maybe some are sitting here and saying, oh, hey, I'm good on this one. I mean, maybe another message throughout the week. Maybe he said one thing that spoke to my heart. But I am totally good on the message of bitterness. I'm not mad at anybody. All right. Well, maybe we should first understand what bitterness is. Bitterness is hurt that has not been dealt with through the blood of Jesus. Bitterness is when someone has hurt me 
and I let it stew and fester, and I let it begin to plague my mind and my heart. Let's put it this way. If I were to name anyone tonight in your life, and and I don't know the people that you come in contact with, so how about this? How about you name someone tonight in your own mind, in your own heart, quietly, someone, anyone, that's hurt you? And I'll be honest, most of us immediately have someone that's popped in our minds. Or maybe we have more than someone that has just come to our minds. And if our mind goes to that person and we begin to think about the wrong that they've done us, and we begin to think on how justified we are to be angry and mad or upset, whatever terminology you want to use, and we give ourselves a right to not like that person or a right to hate that person or a right to just get in a corner somewhere and begin to boil over with hatred or dislike or whatever it is you want to name it toward that person, God says if we don't deal with our hurt, our hurt will destroy us. When you go to these verses, he will start out not by dealing with bitterness, but he starts out with saying that people need to see Jesus. We know that, right? We know, I mean, at least the head knowledge, that people should be able to look at us and say, oh, they love Jesus. I mean, right? As Christians, people should be able to say, the world, there's something different about them. Hmm. I wonder what they have because I don't have it. Notice what the Bible will say here in Hebrews 12 in verse number 14. It says this, follow peace with all men. Now, I know, I know, some people you have to live with, but in our minds we think, but I don't have to like them. Do you know people like that? I mean, honestly, all of us have people that we love, people that we like, and people that we wish did not exist around us. You know what I'm saying? And he says, listen, you need to be at peace with everyone. Well, what does it mean by peace? In other words, I don't have something against them. They don't have something against me. And we can all get along. Wouldn't that be nice? It'd sure be nice in our churches today. Do you know the issues that we're having in our churches are always, always, always because of people problems? You say, well, doesn't Jesus come into play? Yes, he does. When you have people problems, you can't see Jesus. And that's what he says here. He says, follow peace with all men. Without which, in other words, if you are not at peace with, it, with man, other people will not be able to see Jesus. Did you see that? He will say here in verse number 14, follow peace with all men and holiness. In other words, the sin confessed, the sin taken care of. And then he'll say this, without which, in other words, if you don't dwell in peace with everyone, if you are not in holiness, in other words, sin forgiven under the blood of Jesus doesn't make me good. It shows that he's good and he can forgive. If we don't live like that in peace and holiness, it says, listen, Jesus can't work. He can't be seen. He's the one that is hidden 
because of our sin. And you come to these verses, and a lot of times we jump directly to verse number 15, where he talks about bitterness, and we'll get to that, but we cannot go to verse number 15 till we look at it in context of verse number 14, when he says, listen, you have to understand, bitterness or hurt that has not been dealt with and been forgiven from Jesus through me to the people that hurt me, he said, if you don't deal with the hurt, if you don't deal with the bitterness, it will destroy you sure but even more worse than that can possibly be of destroying yourself you block Jesus from being seen let's let's put it in this realm how many churches do you know of and I know that most of us in this room go to one of two churches all right so just for sake of feeling good about ourselves how many churches do you know of outside of our two churches how many churches do you know of that have problems, and honestly, if you were to walk in there, you would say, where's God? You understand what I'm saying? A lot of churches. Most churches have a religion, not a relationship, fellowship with the Jesus who died for them. And you say, well, you know what? I mean, at least, at least we read the Bible. At least we talk about God. At least people know that we love God. Well, here's the problem. If I let hurt and bitterness begin to fester in my life, people can't see that I love God. And people can't see that Jesus is a forgiving God. Why in the world, why in the world would the lost people look at me and say, their God is forgiving? If I can't forgive. You say, preacher, listen, before we start, you don't understand what this person has done to me. No, I don't. But I can take you to someone who has had worse done. And he would hang in shame on a cross, openly, naked, unrecognizable as a man. And he would do that, and he would look at the people and say, Father, forgive them. You say, well, he's Jesus. He's able to do that. Right. He is. And we tonight can go to Jesus and let him forgive the people that have hurt us through us. You say, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because when you go here, he says, listen, verse number 15. He says, looking diligently. In other words, hey, listen, you all, all of us in this room, all of us have been hurt. And now he says, okay, now we need to examine ourselves. Now we need to look deep. And he says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up, trouble you. So here's the uh, picture that he uses. He will use the picture of a root, all right? Now, you know what weeds are, right? I know what weeds are. Now, it's really nice when you live in an RV, you don't have to cut grass. It's really, really nice. You just let everybody else do it around you, and every week you have a new front yard. It's, it's really sweet. If you like your neighbors, hook up the truck and move, all right? If you don't like your neighbors, get out of town. You idea all right but i know from growing up when mom would say go weed the garden i'd go out there and i'd go "Hmm, okay and i'd throw it away a couple days later she'd say hey glenn you need to go weed the garden 
Mom, I did that a couple of days ago. You did? Well, Glenn, they're still there. And honestly, I'd go out as a kid and I'd think, man, I just spent what seemed like a week pulling these things and they're back. And I would have this constant struggle with this weed garden. I don't know why I was put in charge of it because I wasn't very good at it. And mom finally came out and she said, show me what you're doing. And I showed her. I said, I'm just pulling them up and tossing them. She said, no, you're pulling off the symptoms, not the root. In other words, you're dealing with the hurt, that's the picture he uses, the leaves of the problem, of the weed. He said, you're dealing with the weeds of it, but you're not getting to the root problem. You want to know our issues today? Our issues today are not just, oh, I don't like him. He doesn't like me. Oh, you know what? He did me wrong. The issue is a heart issue. And it's called bitterness. It's not a symptom thing. In other words, you know what? They did me wrong. And, and well, you want to know exactly what they did? Let me tell you. All right. And oftentimes that happens in prayer requests. Okay. But we'll just skip that for tonight. And, he's, and a lot of times we say, well, let me tell you exactly what they did. No, no, no. Stop focusing on you. And start focusing on the problem that is in you. And he will say this, he said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. You say, what's the picture there? All right, he's still a picture of a weed. He's saying, listen, we're not paying attention and we get hurt because it will happen. And he said, you better be careful and you better look diligently because it'll spring up out of nowhere. In other words, we think we're good. We think everything's fine. We don't have problems with people. People have problems with us. And it's not our fault. And then before long, what's happened without us paying any attention, something, a weed inside our heart, it'll spring up and it will begin to trouble. It's called a root here. In other words, there is a central problem that has to be dealt with. And a lot of times we say, well, you know what? I'm going to deal with this over here and read my Bible more. You know what? I'm going to love God more. You know what? Uh, as long as we don't talk about that person and as long as they sit on this side and I sit on this side, we're good. You didn't deal with the problem. And you may sit on opposite sides of the auditorium or you may be in different churches because somebody got mad at somebody else and you left. Fine. But if you just stay there and don't deal with the issue and the hurt called bitterness, it will not just spring up and say, oh, how did that get there? It'll begin to do a destructive work in you. You say, how do you know? Because he says, look diligently, because the root, it will begin to bear fruit. Notice what he says here. He says, springing up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Listen carefully. If you're in a garden and you don't deal with one weed, but you take care of all the other weeds before long, that one weed's going to call all his friends. You laugh because you know it's true. You know that if you don't take care of all of them, there's going to be a problem. And if we don't deal with the root of bitterness, the weed, the problems that we have with people, if we don't deal with it, he says eventually that root will begin to spring up and then before long it will spread and it won't just be a little thing like we think, oh, no big deal, it's just a root. And he says eventually it'll begin to trouble you. In other words, it'll begin to affect your mind. 
You say, what are you saying? Hey, listen, I'm sure that all of us have the name of someone who's hurt us in our mind tonight. I'm sure of it. You say, why? Because we've all been hurt. And you say, well, you know what? I can just push it aside. It's not that big of a deal. You will know, if you think about it long enough, that pushing it aside does not work for long. And eventually, that hurt, if you don't deal with it God's way that we'll look at in a minute, that hurt will begin to take a hold and it will begin to spread through our brain and through our mind and we will begin to let it fester and we will begin to think about it until it doesn't matter what's said. We'll see something that will remind us of the person that hurt us and we'll become so upset or we'll hear that that person's name or we'll pass them or we'll pass their house or we'll pass them at the stop sign or whatever else and we say man that person mm, they hurt me friend i do not know your hurt but i do know the healer of hurt and he wants to take that hurt from you and he wants to begin a healing work you say he can't heal me yes he can when you and i first acknowledge that we have a root of hurt that we've allowed to grow and to begin to completely affect us. And the Bible word here is defile. In other words, yeah, I've been hurt. And yes, I've let it bother me. But now because I haven't dealt with the trouble of the root, now it has gone on and it has begun to completely consume me so that I can't do anything effective for Christ. Excuse me, if you have not or will not deal with bitterness, you cannot go forward for God. Oh, but preacher, you know what? It'll be okay. I can deal with it. Well, maybe right now you're either in the trouble stage and it hasn't defiled you, Or you're so defiled. In other words, you are so consumed with the hurt, you can't even see how it would be to live life without the hurt. Do you realize that some people are mad and angry with people that are dead? It's not doing them any good. You do realize what bitterness is, right? It's us being mad at someone who hurt us. And so we go to the hardware store and we buy a big gallon of antifreeze and we pour them a cup that we want them to drink. But actually, we get thirsty and drink it ourselves. We pour a cup of poison that we think it will help them see that they did something wrong to me. It doesn't hurt them at all. It doesn't help them at all. It doesn't help me. And that poison that I allow to begin to take root inside of me, it will begin to defile me and bear some ugly fruit within me because I have decided to drink the poison myself. You do realize that the poison of bitterness tastes sweet, right? Have you? Okay. If you're an animal lover, you can cover your ears, all right? Have you ever used antifreeze on a pest? It works. You say, how do you know? Because when I was a kid, we had mice in the garage. 
And dad decided to use antifreeze for the mice. And we forgot about it and brought the dog in in the winter. My dog. And we buried the dog. You say, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. It's a great illustration because it was meant for the bad thing. And the good thing thought it looked sweet, drank it, and died. We think, oh, bitterness. Oh, hurt. Boy, I'm just going to sit back and, man, I'm going to dwell on this. And maybe, maybe we don't even start by thinking we're going to dwell on it. It just happens. And then we don't deal with it. And before long, it completely consumes us. And we end up like a man named Esau. Do you remember Esau? The hairy man in the Bible? The man who was a good hunter. The man who should have gotten all the blessings of the father. Well, what happened? His younger brother Jacob, who was just, I don't know, he was just a deceiver and a trickster. He would trick and deceive into getting everything that was rightfully Esau's. And then Esau, he would let it affect him so much. Yes, he would desire to kill his brother. Yes, he would desire to chase him down and see him slain. But his brother runs off. He can't find him. So what does Esau do for the rest of his life? He harbors that hurt, that anger, that bitterness. And you want to know what happens? He doesn't deal with the problem of hurt. And the Bible will say here, notice notice how it describes him. By the way, the Bible will describe Esau, and this description will last for all of history. Notice how it says it. It will say at the end of verse number 16, he says, who for one morsel of meat, uh, excuse me, beginning of verse number 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. Excuse me. Do you realize how Esau is now remembered? He is remembered as a fornicator and a profane person. In other words, he doesn't even look like a child of God. Are you with me? And we say, oh, but wait, he, he, he was the son of Jacob. And if you go back in history, really, he's one that would follow in the promises to the children of Israel. Sure, but why is it that he doesn't see victory? Why is it that he is labeled for all history as a fornicator and a profane person? You want to know why? Because he chose To be that way. No, because he chose not to deal with bitterness. You say, well, you know what? Fornicator and profane person, it really has nothing to do with bitterness. Bitterness has the opportunity to open the door to any sin. Any sin. In other words, if you allow bitterness in, you just open the door and you welcome sin into your heart and life. You say, but listen, I'm not a bitter person. But we dwell on the hurt. Hey, we've all been wronged. And some of us have been so wronged way more than others in this room. And if we were to take a poll, probably, yes, maybe you would be on the extreme end of having been hurt the worst. But 
It does not give us a right to dwell on our hurt and to think that, man, I have to bear this all alone. Man, I can't get victory over this. Man, I have a right to be mad at them. Don't tell me what to do. Hey, listen, Jesus, he doesn't just tell us about the root of bitterness and about the destruction of bitterness. He will go on to tell us about the remedy for bitterness. You can never look at Scripture and look at the problems of sin without looking at the answer or the remedy for sin. Preacher, I have bitterness and there's no help for me. There's no hope, no help. I'm just just a bitter person. That's just how I am. I've been wronged. Friend, no, that's not God's plan. It has never been God's plan, preacher. But I have been done wrong to, and that person, oh, it, it, this, this is really making them get the point that they've done something wrong. It doesn't help them understand anything. It just helps you be so confused on which way's up and down that you're allowing more sin into your heart and life. And you come here, notice what he will say in verse number 15. He says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Okay, did you see that? It'll say here, hey, listen, you look diligently so you don't fail of the grace of God and become bitter. That's what he's saying. Preacher, that makes no sense. It didn't make sense to me for a long time either. Then you come here in this passage, he's saying, hey, listen, When you fail to apply grace to your life, to your hurt, you're going to be bitter. Preacher, what are you saying? You want to get over the bitterness? You want to get past the hurt? You want to move on? Yeah, yeah. Just tell me how. All right? Apply grace. Great. How do I do that? Do you know what grace is? You know what salvation is? Grace through faith. Great. Are you with me? If you're like me, I think, how does that help me? Grace is God's gift. Who is God's gift? Jesus. So preacher, you're saying... When I fail to apply Jesus to my hurt, I'll be bitter. Yes. Do you want to get over the bitterness? Yeah. Then go backwards through the progression. You're bitter? So let's apply God's grace and be able to move on. How do you apply grace? Friends, some of us have been so hurt and we don't know what to do. Let me tell you. Sometimes, many times, it's hard to get past the hurt because you have been so wronged, you don't think you can forgive. Are you ready? You can't forgive. He can. His name is Jesus. We saw what evidence on the cross. Father, forgive them. You say, I don't understand. It's time to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I've been hurt. I am giving you my hurt. I want you to forgive that person through me. Preacher, I don't know if I can do that. That's a really good start. You can't. He can. How about this? Jesus, I can't forgive. Would you 
help me to forgive. I'm done with my hurt. I'm done with my bitterness. I don't want to be consumed by it. I want to apply grace, applying Jesus to the problem. Sin is always the problem. Jesus is always the answer to the problem. So if you have bitterness, how do you get past the bitterness? You apply Jesus. He's the balm. He's the healing. He's the one that can take care of the bitterness. He can forgive. And what's happened is, we think, I can't forgive because of the hurt that they have done. And Jesus is standing there and saying, hey, listen, I forgave you. If you can't allow me to forgive through you, then why should I forgive you? Well, you know what? I really want forgiveness. All right, then let Jesus forgive you and then forgive through you. Friends, we have been hurt and some of us, we cannot even accurately describe to other people how we've been hurt. Maybe you've been hurt emotionally. Maybe you've been hurt physically. Maybe you've just been hurt because it's your stinking pride. And you say, well, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm just tired of, I don't know, I wake up at night, I think about it. I go to sleep at night, I think about it. Man, I wake up in the morning, I'm still thinking about it. Apply Jesus. He says, when we fail to apply grace, if any man fail of the grace of God, then a root of bitterness will spring up. It'll trouble him. And if you don't deal with the hurt or the trouble or the root, what will happen? It'll begin to grow and fester and destroy you. And before long, You do realize that bitterness will affect other people, especially the ones that you love so much. Preacher, I don't want my kids to be affected with bitterness. Then you deal with yours. I was in a church not too long ago. And a preacher, he came to me and he said, you know what? People in this church have done me wrong. And even my kids have trouble passing that person because of the wrong that they have done me and my family. Well, the issue was that the dad had been wronged and then the dad went home and vented to all his kids about how he had been wronged. And you know what he's just done? He's just said, hey kids, um, I, I have some root seed here. It's called bitterness. Come here, everybody take one. Okay, great. Y'all got it? Good. All right, listen. Anytime that person passes you, you remember what they did to daddy. You say, what just happened? Parents have allowed bitterness to creep in. And then when they realize it, they don't want to deal with it. They just simply pass it on to the ones they love. And before long, not only are the parents bitter, but the children are bitter and even the grandchildren are bitter. Oh, preacher, you don't see that. Sure you do. You see it in the Bible too. Where you have parents, children, grandchildren, and before long, it's affected so many people, nobody knows where it even started. And we say, listen, listen, I have a right to be mad because I was the one that was hurt. 
Friend, if you came to Jesus for salvation, you gave up your rights. Now he owns you. So what we're doing if he owns us is we're saying, Lord, I know that I'm a child of God, but this little issue over here, this little hurt that I have, don't touch this because this hurt, this makes me happy. That's what we do with bitterness. We hold on to it because it makes us happy and because it makes us, oh, I don't know, comfortable. Why? Because we've dealt with it so long. Because we've let it grow for so many years that it's what we're used to. And we don't even know what it means to be forgiven so that He can forgive through us. Preacher, I just don't know. All right. Well, friend, let me tell you something. Verse number 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness. That's allowing Jesus to cleanse me. And then he says, without which no man shall see the Lord. And then he says, looking diligently. In the end of the verse, many be defiled. Preacher, okay. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, listen, listen. It's time to let Jesus forgive us for the sin of bitterness and to forgive through us. And if we say, it's no big deal, he said, listen, you're letting it destroy you. And don't think that you can hold on to your hurt because there are many, many people who are defiled by this. That's why he says, Child of God, look diligently. Look carefully. Preacher, I don't know if I can get past the wrong that's been done to me. I don't know if I can do that. I heard about a teenage girl who lived in a really tough home. Really tough home. The things that she had gone through and things that she had happened to her beyond description and she didn't know what to do and she realized that through Jesus she could forgive but that she needed Jesus every moment of every day to continue to forgive so she went to her bedroom and she opened her Bible and she began to write down verses on forgiveness and on love And then she found a computer with a printer attached to it. And she began to print off verses, hundreds of verses on God's forgiveness and love. And she made new wallpaper in her bedroom. Floor to ceiling, wall to wall. You said, did it work? (laughs) Yeah, it did. You say, why? Because she found she could run to Jesus with her hurt. And Jesus was the only one that could heal her hurt, forgive her of her bitterness, and she could go on for Jesus. I was preaching a youth rally in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And at the end of the week, we had a bonfire. A young lady came up to the microphone and she said, you know what? She said, I hate each and every one of you. And there were hundreds of kids sitting there from her school. She said, I hate you. You've done me wrong. 
And she said, and for the past three years, I've been keeping a notebook. And she held up a notebook, eight and a half by 11. The pages were frayed. I mean, it was thick from use. I mean, you could tell it was an everyday used book. And she said, and for three years, I've been recording in this book everything that you all have done wrong to me. And she said, and I have made this book my Bible. And it's destroyed me. But I found Jesus this week. And she walked up to the fire. And she threw in the book and she said, I don't need that anymore. Stop keeping a book. It's time to throw our bitterness at the feet of Jesus. Let him heal. Let him forgive. Because you can't go forward for Jesus while you are completely covered and destroyed by the bitterness that you think is hurting somebody else. How will you deal tonight with your hurt?